Hello. Hi, Marina. How are you? I'm so good. So <laughs> glad we're doing this. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So for anybody listening, Marina is my daughter. And we are going to just have a chat today. Just a normal mother-daughter talk about life. And we're happy to share it with whoever's listening. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> This is so fun. I get to be on your podcast this time. Right. Marina has her own podcast, Out of the Mud, where she interviews me. Actually, I interview you on your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically like, I need you to come on and ask me a bunch of questions, get the, get the flow going. <laughs> so, as usual, I have a topic of discussion, and... Um, you haven't had time to think about this, really. I didn't tell you about it. So, oh, man. <laughs> I, we've kind of talked about it, but I didn't say we would talk about it on my podcast. Um, I've been thinking a lot about death lately. and <laughs> That's so funny that you say that. <laughs> that was because I was thinking about talking about that as well. <laughs> Just this, like just last night, I was like, when I'm on mom's podcast, if she doesn't have a topic, this is what I want to talk about. Okay, what were you thinking about it? What's been on your mind? Um, well, I've been watching a friend of mine who loves your podcast, so maybe she'll listen to this. Um, friend of mine has been trying to get me to watch this show called Midnight Gospel, and it's super cool for anyone who's never seen it. Um, it's really interesting. It's this guy who has his own podcast, but then he created a show using the audio from his interviews with people. And so it's really fun. It's really quirky and and just interesting and kind of weird, but in a good way. But, um, they talk about a lot of really profound topics and I've been watching that show a lot and it's just got me really thinking about death and, you know, I think a lot of us don't like to think about it at all. <laughs> so we just kind of like pretend that we're immortal, you know, like I, I feel that way often. And I personally just really struggle to wrap my head around death. It's like I have this curiosity about it and I want to meditate on it, like sit with it and really get comfortable with it. So I do have that, you know, curiosity, but in terms of, I don't know, I I almost want to like force myself to feel more alive by meditating with death and to force myself to be more grateful. And that doesn't really happen, at least not for me. So I'm just curious what your perspective is. Well, the first thing I'm going to suggest, and this is something I say in Traeger, and I don't know if it'll make a difference for you or not, but I would suggest instead of forcing yourself to feel more grateful or forcing yourself to think about death, how about you invite yourself? It's just a word, but it has Mm -hmm. very different feel to it. Yeah, I guess I have like a lot of expectations attached to my curiosity around death. Like, oh, if I do this, then I'll feel this way. Like, I almost have an agenda. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
the sensei used to always say to look for what's natural. And when you, mm-hmm. when you start to set up an agenda, it's not natural anymore. It's contrived. Mm. Yeah. I think the natural is like more scary for me, I guess. Natural can be curiosity. No, and I mean like around death. Like when I, when you said that inviting curiosity is a little more intense. It's a little more like, ooh. Oh. Because <laughs> it's like. Because you're not in control anymore. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. So what is it about? Do you know what it is that you're curious about with death? I think. I don't know. I think for me, the intrigue and the reason why I'm I this is something I want to do like I want to get comfortable with death and it's so funny as we're talking you've been to my house it's kind of like an eye spy so I'm looking <laughs> around and all the all of Dylan's like kind of skull artwork and like religious paraphernalia is jumping out to me <laughs> um what was I saying oh yeah the curiosity really comes out of that agenda of like I see how easily I get comfortable in life and how easily it is to take things for granted. So I, my curiosity comes from seeing death as kind of a doorway to a new way of being, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, oh, if I can really make myself look at death and be present with it, with that energy and that truth, then maybe that will make me more grateful. So again, it's like a lot of, it's more around control, but yeah, maybe just letting, taking the agenda out of it and just being with it. That might be interesting. Yeah. I think in life too, we just naturally go through phases. And if you read a lot of, I don't know, spiritual books, sometimes they make a big deal out of facing death, but I honestly think you can just live life and that's fine. And that Mm. at some point, at some point, it starts to feel more real as you get older. This is my experience. Mm -hmm. I think this happens to a lot of people. As you get older, it starts to feel closer. (laughs) And then people around you die. Like, you know, your grandfather just died. My father. You've had some friends die in the last few years. And you... uh, That's what's got me thinking about death, I think, is watching my parents over the last five years planning to die which just seems so foreign to me you know giving away their things or making lists of who's gonna get what paying for their funeral beforehand just I can't even imagine what that feels like to be thinking that way and something about that just feels really sad to me like I've never I've never been afraid of death or sad about death. I've been more, this is, when I was your age, I was freaked out that I would die and not have done the things I want to do or not have <laughs> lived fully. That's me right now raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like, like I was oh, afraid to that. die. I just didn't want to waste my life. I didn't yes. want to be on my deathbed regretting not putting energy into fully living yeah and I think 
yeah, because of that, my life's been so full, almost too full. And I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've had to learn how to take breaks and pause. And I've had to learn how to appreciate things that I've done and not just be on a constant mission to do things. Yes, I resonate with that a lot. Like I was going to say, fear of death is not for me. It's not like the act of dying. I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> like, from what I've heard, it's super interesting. I mean, until you're, you know, until you're gone, then you don't know what happens. But that to me is not what I'm afraid of. What I'm afraid of is what I'm missing out on. Like to me, death is like a major FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, it's like, it, it's not about the act of dying it's like the act of losing out on something is there something that I missed out on because I was living a certain way yeah and what I find is living that way you could miss out on something else you could miss out (laughs) on this simple pleasure of like living in the same house for 80 years with a partner and have all these really cool memories and I'm not saying I wish I lived that way but why? Because you were trying to do so much? Is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah, traveling. Yeah, like every and... time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost makes it seem like there's less pressure because no matter what you do, you're going to miss out on something. You can't You can't experience everything. Yeah. And I think I'm starting to really appreciate different choices that people make, That like people that live very differently from me. Uh, it's not that my way is better. It's just that this is how I find joy in the world. And then other people find joy in very, very different ways. And I don't have to be like anybody. I can just be like myself. All I need to do is follow what makes me happy. And that's what I've been doing. And it's worked really well. I mean, it's, it's not easy, no matter. I mean, I don't know, maybe some people have easy lives, but I think most of us encounter difficulties, no matter what we're doing. And I love Johnny's thing. He always says to us, choose your hard. You know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is you do is going to be, it's going to have an element of hard to it. I like to think that I choose the way that has most fun around that hard part. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's helpful because sometimes if I'm working really hard, you know, whether it's like right now on my business mostly there's a part of me like there's this voice in the back of my head that's like you know are you going to regret this someday are you going to regret putting so much time and energy and thought into this instead of I don't know what else I would be doing you know maybe something else that would be fun um but to be honest like I'm having so much fun like this is what even when it's hard like this is what I enjoy doing so you know, you can't do everything at all times. You have to pick something. And this is, maybe it's okay that I just get a lot of enjoyment out of doing and creating. And it's maybe like letting go of that, that judgment that's saying, oh, you're a workaholic. Oh, you're not living fully, blah, 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 blah. You know? Yeah. Well, I think when there's that joy in there, that, that is living fully. Yeah. When you're drawn to something, sometimes I think we're, if we're drawn to something, there's a reason. And I don't think we need to figure out what that reason is. We can just trust that it's important and useful and valuable. 
and down the road that experience often we can look back and realize how powerful it was and how helpful it was and how it shapes our life in a way that we're grateful for you know you're learning you're learning all kinds of things right now yeah I feel like the work I've thrown myself into not just like my business even my and like education and stuff where I really worked really hard yeah it was pretty rough sometimes but I felt a lot of magic and miracles come out of that and things that made life feel really special so it's not all bad I think it's has a lot to do with like what is our definition of joy and I think that's something like my my generation especially struggles with is like what does it mean to be happy fulfilled joyful because we have all these TV shows and movies floating around in our head and social media where it's like, oh, if you're, if your life doesn't look like a movie and you're not like giddy and ecstatic and spontaneous and like adventurous all the time, then you're not fully living. And that's just not true. And it's not realistic. So I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah. So do you have a definition of joy or happiness? Like how, I'm not well, sure. how would you- I think I'm still on learning. (laughs) I think I'm still on learning that, like, that what I was just saying is, like, that idealistic view of joy. Because I think I grew up with this idea that peak experiences were supposed to be, I was supposed to feel that way all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think as a kid, like, those joyful adventures, giddy moments I'm talking about um, were more common just because you're a kid like you don't have any responsibilities you don't your imagination's like thriving you know and everything feels simple and I think there's a part of me still that's unlearning the fact that that's not really (laughs) that's not really how life is supposed to be um but I think there's a part of me that craves that well I don't I don't know that life is supposed to be anything I mean Maybe you can create that for yourself. Some people do. It doesn't even always work out. Okay, so you know the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early? Yeah. A lot of those people actually, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but some of the things I've read have said once they become retired at a young age, they're not necessarily happy. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Just having... I mean, you're right. Part of being a kid, all that joy is everything's so new and so fresh. Right. And fascinating. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that's that's one thing I get frustrated about is, like, the way our brains work is we get so much, like, dopamine and excitement from novelty. But there's a point where, like, not a lot is novel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of frustrating. Like, sometimes I'm like, can I just, like, wipe my brain clean and, like, be, like... Have you ever heard of that that woman? She wrote a book called uh, Stroke of Insight. So fascinating. I watched her TED Talk. And she was an, uh, a neuroscientist. And then she had a stroke. And it was only on the left side of her brain. And so, like, during her stroke, she was, like, experiencing life as if she were an infant and had, like, no logical reasoning. <laughs> like, she could only experience life from, like, pure perspective and, like, no filter. And her experience was just so blissful, like really crazy experience. Um, and it was interesting hearing her talk about it, but sometimes I'm like, Oh, just having a logical brain is like 
not very fun. (laughs) (laughs) Like, can I just turn this off for the day and just experience without? I mean, I guess that's why people do drugs and stuff, but whatever. That's and meditate and practice. That's something that you can ask for. Like, how can I turn off my brain? Yeah. And be childlike and look at something in a way that's fresh. I mean, a lot of people try, we try, a lot of people have practices to invite that into their day. That's true. That is true. I do feel like meditation helps me be more present. I think I just have maybe a a sticky relationship with the concept of presence. It can take decades when you're on that path, you know, you're Mm -hmm. wanting that for yourself. You're on that path. It just doesn't, this is another thing I'm realizing. It doesn't happen overnight. So many of the things that I want in life, I'm realizing that they, they can take a very, very long time. And in a way that's beautiful because then you can just relax into it and be like, whatever, it'll happen when it happens. I can just exist. And that's been a big Mm. question for me is, is it okay to just exist? To just be this thing that lives here and doesn't have to be productive or do anything huge or amazing? Can I just, can I have a boring day and let that be enough? Yeah, I'm doing that too. And I can tell that it's good for me because it's really hard. <laughs> I'm like, well, if this is hard, then it probably means I'm healing something. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, like, brain chemistry or just what you've been raised to believe or societal or the whole hodgepodge of a lot of different things that make it hard to simply exist yeah. without, without pressure or judgment or guilt or shame. Yeah. And that comes with taking yourself life uh, less seriously as well. Mm-hmm. And not identifying with what you do for a living. Yeah. And a hack, I would say, for anyone out there that's, like, kind of a little bit restless or, like, has that overachiever, must be doing kind of thing going on, tell yourself rest is productive because it is, you know? Like, sometimes I have to tell myself, if I want to be productive right now, I got to rest. I got to have some productive rest, you know, because like sometimes burning the candle at both ends is the least productive thing you can do. If you think about it. Oh, yeah. Because then you're just burnt out. You don't get anything done. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on that. It's just putting it into practice is the challenge, I guess. (laughs) It's funny. We started talking about death and immediately started talking about life. (laughs) <laughs> I know what's with that yeah somebody I gotta think about this where did I see this I'm gonna have to find it darn it something about oh it was that thing I read to you out of that book how when you die it's actually living it's like a it's a release from death like I was saying, the way we live is a kind of death. Do you remember me sharing that quote with you, that passage from the book? Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I'm recalling it. It's almost like, yeah, I want to know more about that. 
I'm gonna grab the well, this, and see if it's yeah, while you're grabbing that, I'll share something similar that I heard um on another podcast that I really like. They were saying that when people think of death, they think of like the Grim Reaper, you know, with like the the black like cloak over their face. You can't mm-hmm. see their face. Oh right. Well they were saying they're like, Well, have you ever thought about what's under the cloak? Like what's under <laughs> the hood? And it's it's a baby's face. What? That's what they're saying. When you when death shows his face, it's a baby. Because it's basically basically saying that there is no such thing. It's just rebirth, death, rebirth. And that it's just a cycle. Like that you're just part of the cycle of life, you know? Wow. So like if you think of a, a leaf, you know, right now all the leaves are dying and they're falling to the ground and they don't just end. They turn into new life. They turn into a little baby, a little baby leaf, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Did you see the movie Soul? I think you did, right? I love that movie. Me too. I watched it. I think I've watched it six times now. (laughs) Well, I'll look later for this. I thought maybe I would just find it right away, but. That's okay. It's um, appropriate, but I'll have to look for it later. What did that mean to you, like that concept? Um, I think it was the wording that was really cool. Yeah, but I've often thought there's so many people who who seem like they're not living. Really. Oh wait, say that again. You're all muffly. Oh, there's so many people who seem like they're not really living fully. And so if that were the case, then when you die, it could be a release from not living fully, which could be a kind of death in itself. Hmm. I guess I don't know how to explain it very well. No, that makes sense. It's kind of like, well, if you think about release, that makes me think of just suffering. Like being alive can be really, really hard sometimes you know yeah and i'm sure going back to like to me i feel like death is also a returning home like home to what is truth and to love and that sounds really beautiful yeah i mean i'm in no rush don't get me wrong i'm ready to (laughs) not ready to do that yet but um... yeah me too i kind of feel like well i definitely believe in multiple lives and i I'm kind of excited for the for the next phase and Mm -hmm. often I feel like whatever I'm doing in this life is training for the next one so I love learning and growing and I often feel like I'm training for something else that I don't even know what it is yet and to me that's just kind of exciting yeah that's really cool I guess that might be why it's interesting for you to have that other mindset though of like just being and existing because that's very different from training (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) that's true I often hold opposing beliefs you know and that's one that's one of them right there (laughs) I think we all do (laughs) I think life is kind of like just a I mean life is it's all um, polarity and, like, polar opposites, right? That's one of the reasons why it's so hard 
to be here is there's like this divided energy always like this black and white energy which is really different from what we are as a soul as a soul we're this infinite connectedness and so to be absolute and disconnected and individuals and have you know polarizing beliefs is really different from what we are used to as a soul yeah I like that 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 totally makes sense yeah but I think that's it's like putting us into this different environment allows us to learn like you can't learn anything if you're in this infinite space are you doing Traeger right now no oh (laughs) why I was hearing like funny little background noises huh that was weird um maybe it's a ghost (laughs) that's joining us (laughs) yeah I'm really it's fun having this chat because I can just feel the fall energy I love fall so much yeah that's why I miss that I'm out here in California and I miss New Hampshire a little bit I mean it's great in a lot of ways out here but I miss the seasons in New Hampshire yeah I don't know what it is I think it's like I think honestly seasons are nostalgic that's what I'm realizing like yeah it's about like this the you know events and activities you're excited for and it's about the smells and the sounds but really I think it's the nostalgia because all of a sudden all these things that you haven't experienced in a year slowly start creeping in to your day and your awareness and it's like it's almost like when you smell a scent that like you haven't smelt in like a long long time and it brings you back immediately to a memory yeah I feel like every time the seasons change I get a little bit of that from just like the temperature of the air and like the smell of of you know the leaves and then the sounds of like the the animals that come out and fall and it's just nostalgic it's addictive. I love it. That's Why really is nostalgia cool. so addictive? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I want all of this. Give me all the pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like that little bit of freshness, like being like a little kid again every year. I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not brand new, but it's sort of new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a new chapter. It's the novelty that's definitely part of it. Like I was doing some writing earlier and just talking about how seasons can kind of feel stagnant after a while. Like you kind of lose, you you start end up getting in like this sort of monotony. I love summer. Like, don't get me wrong. It's so fun. But then it's just like, all right, let's switch it up a little bit. You know, <laughs> let's mix it up. That's and a good I'm thing sure about... even, even out there, like you can feel the energy of things changing a little bit. Like, things coming to a close new chapters opening like that kind of energy not yet it I guess it will come but it's not here yet yeah Hmm. yeah I have a friend who doesn't say people died he says they ascended and he Mm. they like they ascended after their lifelong journey of fulfilling their task Mm. I like that yeah I like that feels good to me ascended 
I like that too. I don't like the task part. I give myself enough tasks. <laughs> Maybe exploring. Yeah. Or experience. Exploring's nice. Yeah. Lifelong experience of being in a body. I love having a body. I think that brings me so much joy in the world. It's just being able to run around and smell things, experience. I feel like a little puppy most of the time. Ooh, (laughs) this smells good. Oh, look at that. That's interesting. Oh, let's check this out. (laughs) I like that energy. Mm. I feel like I have, I'm ready to start a new, a new chapter with my relationship with being in a body. Really? Yeah, just like, a new perspective because I think most of my life I've been healing and I think I've healed but a lot of the residual like brain like neural nets are there of like this is important and this is how you operate and this is how you view this and you know when you just it's kind of like the teaching you can't teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing like oh man I'm turning into an old dog and so I'm kind of ready to be like, nope, new dog, new tricks, new <laughs> way of being. We're going to be a puppy again. Yeah. And I think I can do that. I'm really curious about hypnotherapy right now. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to do a lot of self-hypnosis around being excited to be in a body and trusting that I have a healthy relationship with grounding and embodiment. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm excited and it's going to be a lot of um, releasing of old thoughts and fears (laughs) for sure. Wow. Yeah. Like it's almost like that broken record going around, going around. It's like, I've heard this before. (laughs) Yeah. Change it, change it up, change it up. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I'm excited too. I'm very excited. <sighs> well, Marina. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, we really did. I it's funny, I was like, I don't know if we're gonna have anything to talk about. And <laughs> definitely did. <laughs> oh, before before we end, can you can we both share something that makes life feel juicy? Like a peach. Like oh like very alive and pleasurable my food i was thinking about this yesterday i spend a lot of money on food especially here in california because they the the markets here are incredible they're like museums i mean they're beautiful they're all laid out beautiful tons of organic food relatively inexpensive and i i don't do a ton of cooking but i eat a lot of fresh food and it makes me really happy I don't know why because there's been times I tried to save money I'm like oh I spent too much money on food and I'm like you know what though it just makes me so happy I and I realize (laughs) I expect a lot from my body I work my body really hard between martial arts and the healing arts that I do are very physical and the work I do is very physical I'm a very very physical physically active person 
and I feel like I, the last thing I should do is restrict my food. I should mm-hmm. let my body eat whatever, it, not whatever it wants, you know, but um, it's okay to spend a lot of money on food. It's how I say thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's your like fancy luxurious thing. Like other people might want to spend all their money on like a fancy house or something. Mm. But if you don't do that, you can be luxurious on other things. Like it doesn't can... even have to be money. I just, that was thinking about that last night. Mm. Yeah. But what about, it could be, when I was in New Hampshire, I think it was being outside in the woods all the time. That's what I was going to say. Really? Like, I'm just like, the juiciness that I'm after right now is that, like, the sound of the fall leaves crunching Mm. you know yeah and then just like I don't know the wind like I love the when a a breeze runs through and it just tickles you and you're just like (laughs) oh yeah like I remember you told me once that people are just like little little cilia on the earth highly sensitive film (laughs) yeah we're just like little feelers like if you think of the earth as a creature we're just like the little feelers and we're just you know picking up on everything yeah (laughs) I like that I like that a lot I read that somewhere it said human beings are nothing more than a highly sensitive film on the planet (laughs) (laughs) we're a bacteria yeah oh boy well I'm gonna enjoy it while I'm here. Yeah, good. I did, and I'm really glad I did. I think that's part of that thing of not wanting to, you know, like what if I hadn't taken advantage of that and then I moved and I never got to enjoy what was beautiful about New Hampshire? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, come February when I'm trudging through slush, <laughs> yeah. I'll be wishing I'm out in california at the beach but uh yeah. that's what planes are for <laughs> yeah, you can always come visit for a week or two <laughs> yeah this has been really good it's you know what it made me realize what? i preach a lot of non-striving to people especially my clients now you know where it's i just observe a lot of people with cravings and not that that's bad like craving is part of being human but a lot of times when you have this striving energy around something. So for me right now, it's just like really squeezing the juice out of life and getting a ton out of it, which is not bad. It's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but in the moment when I have that striving attitude of like, like say I'm going to do something fun, going to hang out with friends and I go in this mindset of like, well, I'm going to really force myself to be present and I'm going to really push myself to enjoy this. Like, that doesn't sound very fun. Oh. You know, like, that striving energy of, like, experience it really hard, you know? Like, and it's... Right. So I never really noticed that I have that because, I, for me, it's left over from being dissociated so much. Like, I was so dissociated that I really had to give myself a pep talk to be present, you know? And I really when I worked really hard in school, I only had Saturday off, you know, I only, I only had Friday night, Saturday morning, and then it was like back to the books, back to the soul sucking grind. So I really did need those pep talks of like, enjoy this, be present, you know, but now I'm an adult and I live my life the way I want. And I don't need that voice. That's like 
pushing me anymore. I would like to invite instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this a little bit because I think it's interesting. Okay. Okay. So say you didn't push yourself, like what would happen? Well, cause things are different. You said it's leftover, but for now, like this weekend, if you went and hung out with your friends and didn't try mm-hmm. to do anything, maybe would you, would you not be present? Do you think you'd be daydreaming or just kind of lost? Yeah, I tend to be. And this is a question that I've been asking myself a lot is I'm wondering if my natural state of being is just a daydream state. Does that make sense? Like, I'm just kind of like a floaty person. And judging myself around that is really, like, really hard. Doesn't feel good. Because it's just kind of who I am. Um, But sometimes I don't want to be daydreaming. Sometimes I really want to be present. So it's a very tricky thing because I don't really have an answer as to what's the best way to be besides you know like because it's it's the kind of thing where so here's an example right obviously my first my first temptation is just like we'll just be however you are right that's a beautiful thing just meet yourself where you are but then what if I'm having a conversation with someone and I totally zone out or what if I'm driving and I totally zone out you know there's like certain things where you want to be present you want to get in a car accident because you're daydreaming you don't want to make someone feel like they don't matter to you because you weren't listening to what they said. So maybe it's like this gray area of like being a mindful, practicing mindfulness and like, um, what are you doing? I can hear so much background noise. Really? Yeah. I'm not doing anything. That's so weird. I mean, I was playing with my glasses. Wait, let me do that. Is it this noise? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird that you can even hear that. It's so quiet. I'm like, what is happening? Huh, I um, guess my microphone's better than I think. There you go. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So maybe it's like a gray area. You know, there's maybe there's no right or wrong. Well, that's something to think about. Yeah. Or, you know what I do sometimes? I just have to tell people I'm having a really hard time paying attention right now. I'm just super distracted. I think ADHD is a big part of this challenge for me too. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I'll say, can we have this conversation tomorrow? I am just really having a hard time with it. Yeah. I guess maybe I don't give myself enough credit. Like now that I think about it, I think I'm pretty good at moderating my presence. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. allowing myself to zone out when I want to zone out. And I think the real issue is around, like, my core beliefs. Like, having a belief that I'm an ungrounded person. Having a belief that I'm broken. That I'm there's something wrong with my perception. Like, all these things left over from when I, like, had depersonalization. You know, it's more about the core belief than the actual, like, day-to-day stuff, right? I think that's what I'm that's what I'm feeling right now at least yeah and maybe maybe you could trust more that everything's fine yeah that's really the (laughs) that's the key right now and that the way you exist in the world is fine and beautiful and amazing and and you probably do this already 
but I find I often, I think that's why I need so much time alone is because for me as well, it can be very effortful to be around other people. I think it's exactly what you're saying to be around other people, be present with them is effortful for me. And I think probably I'm similar to you. I can easily just get lost in my thoughts and have a lot of fun imagining Mm. things and daydreaming or sometimes nothing at all. Sometimes just stillness is so wonderful. And to have somebody uh, talking can feel really rattling to me. Mm -hmm. It rattles my stillness. Like, oh my gosh, geez. It's like abrasive almost. Yeah. So I've learned that I need a lot of time alone and I've learned to make sure I can limit visits with people if necessary. Certain mm-hmm. people more than others. Some people I can be around for a long time and it's okay. I don't know. I don't want to be that sensitive, but I am. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to honor that part of yourself. And I think a lot more people are like that than we probably realize. Do you, you think know, they just shut down or just try not to be that sensitive or just are I think they're probably really irritable and burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean it depends. It depends how much self awareness they have and how much self care they do, you know. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. And boundary setting too. You know, that's the hard part. The hard part is saying, Hey, can we have this conversation tomorrow? Some people would have really struggled to say that to someone. Oh, yeah. This is all new for me. Oh, yeah. I have not been able to do that before. I just suffer and it hurts. (laughs) Or I have a question. (laughs) When you you are thinking about something, like when when someone asks you a question and you're thinking, do you think and feel your body at the same time? Or do you kind of like not really feel have awareness of your surroundings or your body and while you're thinking do you get what i'm saying no can you say it again i mean so I like you just say it again and if you so hear like, noise you're... wait if you hear noises it's me pouring coffee for myself okay Ooh, <laughs> Decaf that <sounds> nice. coffee. <laughs> i might have to make one of those um so like if i am asking you a question and you're thinking about it you maybe you're thinking how you want to answer are you at the same time like while you're thinking are you aware of your surroundings and your physical body and sensory type things or are you kind of just like only aware of your mental processes that's a good question i don't know if i ever paid attention so without having done this experiment i think i disappear i almost, okay i leave my body and that I makes get, me feel about it better. Because that's I, how I feel. I think I channel a lot of answers. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, sometimes I think about them. It depends on the question. Some questions would would invite you to check in with your body. It would depend on like when you because you asked me that question, I became aware of my body. Right. And I was right. like, okay, am I thinking about my body because of her question? <laughs> or yeah. is, I think I disappear almost. Okay, that makes me feel better because that's how I operate. And I think because of my past, my history, I'm like, is that normal? <laughs> is there something normal? Wow. You know? Well, we might. Because I think, 
maybe neither yeah anyone listening <laughs> yeah anyone listening if you don't do that like if you're physically present while thinking give me a call because I want to know like what that feels like <sighs> message me um and also I'm serious like I'm just really curious about no one really talks about their perception at least no one I know and so it's kind of weird to be so fascinated by perception and curious about it and thinking about it a lot and to never really talk to anyone about it so what, anyone what wants kind to of chat. perception what do you mean well like all perception like that what i just asked you like do you disappear while you're thinking or do you are you aware of your surroundings like I, I don't know i've never really heard anyone talk about that kind of thing well one thing i practice like sometimes that for me that's almost an indulgence when i allow myself to disappear into my imagination Mm -hmm. and during the day I often I I attempt to be really present not in a stressful way just like Mm -hmm. really present in the moment and thinking and working this is one reason I love working in the garden Mm -hmm. I can work and I think while I'm working but I am putting in this gentle effort of being present Mm -hmm. you know aware of my surroundings aware of and when I do this I imagine having really good posture because say you're walking if you get really lost in your thoughts I think your your posture your I'm not positive but I think well I think this happens with me and I suspect it happens with other people it's almost like your head gets heavy with the thinking and your head begins to lead your posture like your head is bent forward mm-hmm. and then you don't have good posture anymore and mm. so I like to imagine standing up straight being really in the moment being in my body and not getting to that lost heady place I do that mm-hmm. I do that in the mornings and often at night I just allow myself to entertain my imagination and go wherever it wants to go and it's really fun it's like when you let your dog off the leash on purpose and it's like okay go have fun Woohoo! that's so interesting <laughs> can I so can I talk about that in terms of my perspective and then yeah. you let me know what you think yeah so I feel very similar right where the presence obviously takes a little bit of intention I think for everyone it does right that's just being human right mm-hmm. um but for me, the difference is the daydreaminess, I'm annoyed by it. Because when I was associated, I couldn't feel present. Like, I couldn't really experience being embodied and being in the world and being, like, that enjoyment, right? And mm-hmm. so being in a daydream state is very frustrating to me and annoying and I have this association with that state I have an association of that state being similar to dissociation mm-hmm. so, so sometimes when I say I, like you're afraid you'll get stuck there no it's more of like I've spent so much of my life in that state that I crave the other so it's like it's not scary and mm it's probably why I'm a good psychic, right? Because I'm just (laughs) used to being like in that space. I've spent most of my life in that space, but I guess 
a lot of that striving attitude and that craving is craving the other. Well, which here, is I difficult. I'm a human being. Right. Like, I'm not like a Buddhist monk. I can't be present all the time. <laughs> well, and how about this? I think of daydreaming as a kind of rest. You know, you talk about resting your body. I feel like it's resting your mind because it's yeah. easy. Well, for me, it's easy. Like the yeah, daydreaming thing is so easy that that's, I get to rest. I agree with that. This is really helpful to hear it put in that perspective and just to know that like other people experience the world in the same way and that that's healthy, you know? Well, we're assuming that is healthy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's true. Someone neurotypical, give us a call and be like, <laughs> they're just like, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to live that way. That's why you keep running red lights. Um, you need to be careful. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't been running any red lights, but I do think about like distractibility and driving a lot oh yeah that's how I miss my turns all the time oh, forget <laughs> it. Oh, no, I'll never forget as a kid when you would drop me off at a friend's house you would drive by their street and I'm like mom you're like oh crap sorry turn around drive by again <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly like I can't really talk shit because I'm the same way like every night Dylan would be like hey like do you mind walking blue and I'd be like yeah I'll do it I'll do it in a minute I'll do it and he's like okay five minutes later um you said you were gonna walk blue oh shit yeah I forgot (laughs) (laughs) oh thank god for timers and alarm clocks oh my god seriously though I I... have one on right now remind me when I have to leave for work I told you this recently remember that um when you were little and in school this was when I first started having to use timers because I would forget to pick you up at the bus stop and you're like in first grade kindergarten mm-hmm. first grade and it was pretty bad when the school bus driver calls you because we had a long driveway <laughs> it's like are you gonna come pick up your daughter <laughs> like oh my god how how can I not and really I've noticed I just have no concept of time yeah yeah me neither but it's a I think it's a gift and a curse you know yeah. it's a gift if you can learn how to live with it right yeah so yeah Plus, all those times I was waiting for you to pick me up, I was probably getting really good at mindfulness practices. <laughs> oh, look at this leaf. Trusting that your mom <laughs> loves you and didn't, didn't neglect you or abandon you. She loves yeah, me. I don't she really just... have any. I don't I, have any, like, bad feelings around those times. So I don't think it phased you at all. You were probably already used to me being that way. Yeah, I was kind of like, well, there's mom. Do anything. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> And I'm, like, definitely a little chip off the old block, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. <laughs> so, so grateful that we have each other. Me, too. We have a lovely family in so many ways. Yeah, I feel pretty lucky. Yeah, so do I. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in November when we go to Poppy Ed's burial at sea. That's going to be pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like circling back to death, you know, like I think, I don't know. I think this is like also a really cool opportunity to get to know Poppy Ed even more than when I, how I knew him when he was alive. Like I just, 
I'm excited to talk with people about their perspective of him and like stories. Like I've just been asking people um, if they have any stories to share. You know, we didn't even really get to talk about what I wanted to talk about with death. I don't know if we should keep going or not. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe for a few minutes. Okay. Or I'll just bring it up and we can think about it. We talk about it another time, I guess. Okay. It seems like when people die, suddenly they are accepted for who they were. Like there's this whole honoring of the person's life and focusing on you know their beautiful accomplishments contributions Mm. like that's the focus Mm -hmm. whereas when they were alive I don't know that that is the focus I mean it's easy to focus on people's weaknesses or their challenges or maybe hurtful things that they do or say yeah And this is sort of a whole complicated thing because if someone's hurtful, it's important for us to take care of ourselves and have healthy boundaries or whatever. But I've been really curious, what if you accepted people for all their quote unquote faults while they were Mm -hmm. alive rather than when they die? Mm. That is something I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think when I had, like, friends pass away, it kind of changed my perspective of people for a period of time because you realize how everyone is going to pass away and you never really know when. And so for me, I had a lot of honoring around, yes, like, the people that passed, but also the people that were still here and is interesting I don't know if that's been your experience as well or it's like oh wow they aren't going to be here forever and you sort of start honoring others as well and in sort of like this attempt to memorialize them in case anything ever happened like you yeah be with them as much as you can no matter whether they're they're obviously not perfect you know no one's perfect yeah I think I like that word honoring like honoring people for their life while they're still living yeah one thing that helps me with that a lot is and it's my nature so it's probably easier said than done but understanding hurt people hurt people and just trying to give people the benefit of the doubt and I probably do it to the point where it's like annoying and maybe not (laughs) not always the best you know, like if someone's being rude to you, you shouldn't just be like, oh, they're fine. It's okay. They're, you know, <laughs> you know but <laughs> I don't know, just trying to see people like deep down where they're coming from. I think you're pretty good at that too. Like you understand someone's being a real biatch, you know, it might not be because they're bad innately. It just says a lot about what's going on deep down in them and then what their life experience has as like how it's shaped them as a person yeah I think I'm good at that I think it's taking it to another level okay beyond that you know like honoring is different than accommodating or understanding Mm. yeah yeah honoring might be new like have you ever really honored 
someone that's alive right now in the way that you've honored people who have passed on? I don't know. Well, you got a lot of people, so maybe that's maybe it's just <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> Full-time job. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think that's why some people are really into, like, memorializing memories. So, like, I have a lot of friends who are great about taking, like, cute little videos and, and saving notes and messages and and really just memorializing memories with a person. So not necessarily that person, but the time that you spend with them. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why it's so easy to honor someone when they've passed away is they're not a person anymore. They're a memory. So it's like you're honoring the person, but now that they're in the past, they're a memory. And if you think about memories, like our memories are pretty distorted. <laughs> like I hate to say that, but like our like we tend to looking forward fear the things that are bad that could happen and then looking backwards we tend to be like oh this beautiful thing this wonderful time and if you really think about it there's probably some not so wonderful things that happen like like if you think about a vacation right yeah. you're like any oh that vacation was... trip any yeah exactly trip. <laughs> exactly like when you think about camping as a kid we're like wow that was so beautiful and magical and and it was, and the memory is beautiful and magical, and I love thinking about camping as a family, but, like, if you really think about it, it was hell and chaos and, like, packing was, like, yeah, and, and, like, being afraid that we're going to freeze to death, especially as a, and... as a mom, as a single, <laughs> single mom with, like, all these kids that you're taking care of out in the wilderness, like, God bless your soul, because I don't know how you did it. <laughs> Me neither. I was desperate to be out there, obviously. <laughs> but I think the same thing happens with people when they pass away. Like, you want to just look at the good stuff. Like, you don't want to yeah. be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so passed away. He was a little jerk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's don't... what I mean. What if you yeah. took that into everyday life? Is that even yeah. possible? It sounds like a lot of work. And it also sounds like, what what did you say? Not enabling. Um, accommodating? Accommodating, yeah. I think when it's a person, then you, if you start honoring them in that same way, you're accommodating a lot of challenges. Like, you're still, you still have a relationship. You still have things that you're working through as human beings together, you know. Um, I think helping people honor themselves is more important. Ooh. I like that. I think that's way more important, you know. How do you do that? I think just... Letting them know they're valuable? Yeah, I think it's more than that. Like, in my sessions for psychic readings, I often figure out the ways that people don't honor themselves. And that just kind of takes some intuition and and getting to know the person understanding the blocks everyone wants to love themselves you know and everyone has the capability but it's when things block our way that it gets hard so just seeing what those blocks are and understanding the ways that you can assist in removing them huh if that makes sense yeah sounds i don't know i'm gonna have to think about that one 
but I like it. <laughs> cool. It's a good twist on things. I don't know what I just said, but I feel like it's important. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both have to re-listen to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this seems like a great place to end our chat. And we're going to do this again, right? Yeah, definitely. Hey, if anybody all, wants all to get time. In, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Ooh, um, the best thing would be social media. So I'm. You can follow my business. My business is Cosmic underscore Marina, and that's on Instagram and TikTok. And once you find me there, you can pretty much find any of my stuff. So you can, you know just get to know me on a personal level or um you can check out my podcast out of the mud and that's around depersonalization and dissociation and then yeah I have my own business Cosmic Marina LLC which is psychic readings and one-on-one mindset coaching and um yeah if you want more information just check out my Instagram nice yeah well thank you (laughs) sweetie Thank you. This was super fun. And yeah, we should do this often. This is really easy and convenient, so we can do it anytime. All right. Looking <laughs> forward to it. Me too. All right. You have a nice day, sweetie. You too. Enjoy your decaf. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, honey. Bye, mom.